if there's anybody watching right now and you've been rejected, you love Jesus with all of your heart, or you mm. just want to come to Jesus and you are scared of being rejected or you have been rejected, I want you to know that you can come home. There's nothing you could ever do to get God mm. and his true disciples to stop loving you. You are mm. worthy of being in the body of Christ, not because of anything you did, yeah. but because of what Jesus did Come for you. On. It's already done. So do not allow the rejection that you have experienced or the rejection that you are afraid of experiencing to keep you from being a part of the body of Christ because you belong here. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here you. on Church Boy oh, Confessions. Oh. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Board Confessions Podcast. I'm your host, Emanuele Hecke. And we have a treat for you guys today. Um, I got this wonderful woman of God, Natalia, on this episode as a guest. And Natalia, if you don't know her already, because she's low-key famous, but she's not going to tell you that. Um, Natalia is she's 22 years old she's a youth um, she's a youth what would you call it is youth director at International yeah. Church of Las Vegas and she is an amazing biblical Christian influencer on Instagram and TikTok Natalia could you please say hi to the people hello the people awesome. <laughs> so excited to be on here no honestly like Natalia I'm very happy that you agreed to come on here like i was actually like very stoked i know like when we talked earlier like i don't know i, I feel like i didn't really talk to you about like how proud i am of you um because mm. it's just amazing to see young people um actually have some type of fervor for god because i just feel like it's just mm. it's really not something that's like that's common, common. anymore like right. anywhere like you just don't see it anymore and it's become more normal for people our age to like take this time to be away from god and like you know you even mm -hmm. see the statistics and stuff so it's just amazing to me and like even when i was first on tiktok like christian tiktok of course like you know some people be weird but like i feel like you're just an amazing representation of christ on that platform so thank i just you. wanted to give you that kudos first and foremost thank you um, hide me up <laughs> <laughs> but today um i was talking to natalia and she said that the most pressing thing that she wanted to talk about was the importance of community having a community of christ yeah. and i know that you have a story behind that so we can get right into that of you coming yeah. to christ and the importance of community that played in the Central role in that totally mm -hmm. well like he said my name is natalia i'm 22 years old and i am actually originally from puerto rico um i moved to las vegas when i was 12 years old so literally 10 years ago i moved to the united states um and the reason why i moved out here is because my parents had actually gotten a divorce um when we were in puerto rico because my dad had just been unfaithful throughout um, his marriage with my mom, mm. not just one time with one woman, but multiple times with multiple women. Um, so they ended up getting divorced. My dad ended up moving away. My mom got remarried. She got pregnant um, with her new husband. And she was like, all right, well, we are starting a new family. We're moving away. Um, and just how I said it, like, so back to back, that's literally how it happened. Like, mm. I remember finding out my dad had been cheating on my mom, 
my dad, my mom freaking out about it, my dad leaving, my mom getting a new boyfriend, getting pregnant, and then getting married, moving to Vegas. And all of that happened so fast that I totally felt rejected by all three of my parents. Mm. Like, I didn't feel like they loved me because every decision that they made was based on their problems and their needs and their wants. Like my mom had a failed marriage. She jumped into another one, moved us from where we were from, away from our family, away from our friends. So I developed a lot of hatred towards my my parents, but especially towards men. Because my mm. dad, you know, being the man that was supposed to love my mom, supposed to love me, supposed to love my family, was such a dishonest person. Um, I just couldn't trust that he was a good person. And because I couldn't trust that he was a good person, then I couldn't trust men at all. Mm. Because if my dad couldn't love me the way that he was supposed to, why would anybody else, yeah. right? Um, so this is a very... Um, harsh decision to make when you're in elementary school. I was only in an an elementary school and I decided that I hated men. They're all good for nothing cheaters and I wanted nothing to do with them. Um, But moving to Vegas, um, my, because my mom and my stepdad had a a rough beginning to their marriage because of how everything happened. My um, mom decided to start attending a Christian church. So we actually grew up in the Catholic church just because when you're Hispanic, that's just what you do. Right. Um, but we started going to a Christian church and I actually gave my life to Jesus when I was a junior in high school. Um, I finally began to understand what it meant to be in relationship with God. Jesus became really, 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 really real to me. Mm. I had always known that God was real. I had always known he was good. I never doubted his existence. I never doubted any of it, but it just hadn't become real to me. And then my junior year in high school, it did become real. And I was in youth group Wednesday, Sundays, and any day in between. I loved youth group. I loved being a part of the church. I really loved this new community that I was a part of. But because of the undealt hatred and rejection in my heart from men, I actually started struggling with homosexuality. Mm. So when I was a senior in high school, um, the hatred towards men I guess just like caught up to me and it came to the surface. Um, And I told myself, you know what? I want to be in a relationship, but I don't trust men. So I'm just going to get in a relationship with a girl. And in the beginning, it was very much about, it was like lust, you know, like we were just hooking up, hanging out, going to parties, like whatever the usual, like high school party scene. Right. Um, And I was having fun. I was. However, there was a wrestle in my heart because I had given my life to Jesus. I understood that partaking in homosexuality was wrong. However, the more that I hung out with this girl, the more that I actually enjoyed her, the more that I actually started to like her, the more that I was like, wait, this girl treats me like no other man has ever treated me. Like I could actually see myself being with her long term. So while I'm developing these feelings for this girl, because she's great in my eyes, um, there's a wrestle in my heart. There's this conflict of, well, you might be feeling loved by this girl, but the religion that you said yes to says that this is wrong. So for a year, a year and a half, I would argue with God literally every night, like literally every night. God, I don't understand why this is wrong. If you're a God of love, why can't I love whoever I want? She loves me so well. 
men have never loved me well. I don't understand why this is wrong. Like, if you're a God of love, why, why, why? Like, I would just constantly question God regarding this topic. Yeah. And the wrestle and the conflict in my heart got so intense that I actually got super depressed and even was contemplating suicide. Like, mm. for most of that year, I would go to sleep holding pills because I... I, I got to the point where I was like, God, you either make my feelings for this girl go away yeah. or I don't want to live anymore because I couldn't reconcile being in a homosexual relationship while also living for God. And yeah. I didn't want to stop living for God because I knew like I had felt him. I had experienced him. He had become real to me. So walking away from God was never an option. I just wanted my sin to be reconciled with my relationship with God and it couldn't. So I was like, I don't want to live anymore. I was giving God ultimatums. Um, but because I was in such a dark place during this time, I decided to um, be open about it in my youth group. Um, I told one of my friends that I was having suicidal thoughts. And I also told my leader that I was struggling with homosexuality. Um, and my leader like didn't know what to do with me. I remember like coming out to her and her being like, oh... I wish she would have told me sooner. Like, what What does that have to do with anything? Like, I need help, you know? Yeah. But I could just see in her face and in her spirit that she didn't know what to do. And it's still true today. Like, there's so many churches that don't know what to do they don't. with the LGBTQ community or yeah. even just believers that are struggling with that. Yeah. Um, so I definitely got really disappointed. I was so confused i didn't understand why my sin was any different than anybody else's i mean she was available for everybody else i didn't know why she couldn't make herself available for me mm. um but because i had also told a friend it got out um, in the youth group and it got out of my school mm. and the rumors were just like so bad like i was the talk of the town like natalia's such a hypocrite like she hooks up with girls on Saturdays, comes to church on Sundays. Like, doesn't she know that homosexuality is an abomination to God? She shouldn't be here, yada, 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 yada. And I was like, okay, the kids don't want me here. And my leader doesn't know what to do with me. To do with you. I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm done with the church. I'm done with, Christi like, with Christians mm. themselves because they're just mistreating me. Like, mm. I don't understand it. I was so confused. But even through that whole confusion and being angry at Christians and being hurt by the church, I didn't want to give up in my relationship with God. Like, that was never an option. Because I had, ex like I said, I had experienced Jesus. He had become real to me. He had set me free from a lot of other things. Right. And I was like, no, God is good. His people are just letting me down. Yeah. But what do you do when you don't find comfort in your sin because that's why i was having this conflict but you also can't find comfort in the church right so i was right. in this like pivotal moment in my life where i was like i don't want to run to the world because i hate it i put me in this depressive suicidal state but mm. i also tried running to the church and i they didn't know what to do with me yeah so um by the grace of god one of the girls that i went to high school with started inviting me to another church and it was like perfect timing i was like oh great like yes i'll totally go because i love the whole social aspect of like youth groups right like it was so fun and i i loved being a part of it but going into it i told myself i'm not telling anybody about my struggle 
Mm. Like I'm just not hmm. because I because you've like, been through that I before. Can't. And I was not just rejected by the church. Rejection was the thing that I had been dealing with from the jump with my right, parents and right. with my dad. So right. I, I, I was, ex- I was struggling with mm. homosexuality because of the rejection that I experienced from my parents. And then I try to open up about the struggle and I get rejected by the church. Right. So the people that I expected to be there for me, like my parents and yeah. the church both rejected me. So mm. I was like, you know what? I don't, I, I can't handle another rejection. So I'm just not going to be honest, right? Mm. I'm not going to be open about my struggle. First um, service I go to, I go early um, because the girl that invited me was part of like the student leadership team and they prayed before the service. Mm. And I went with her and the youth pastor's wife, Jessica Goulet, he, she's like, hey, can I pray for you? And I was like, oh my gosh, totally. Like, please. Because even though I was struggling, even though I was depressed, even though I was suicidal, I still very much wanted New Jesus. Right. So when she, yeah, when she offered prayer, I was like 100%, like I'm so open. Um, and she told me, and I remember, I remember like it was yesterday. She said, Nat, I want you to know that the Lord um, says that there's going to be reconciliation in your family mm. and you're going to get your purity back. So when she wow. said those words to me, I was like... <laughs> You're literally joking. (laughs) And it's it's weird because like, again, like I said, God had become real to me. Jesus had become real to me. I I had understood the validity of his sacrifice. I understood what it was like to, to be a Christian. I was in my word. But in that moment when she prophesied over my life. Yeah. I, I really did know that God was real. And for those of you guys that might not f- be familiar with the term pro- prophecy is when God speaks to you about somebody else or about a specific like situation. Mm-hmm. It's just God speaking through someone. So obviously she didn't know me. So it had to have yeah. been God speaking right. and saying what you are struggling with, the root of the problem, your family and your present problem, I'm going to take care and of. Fix, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so when she, when she said this, I was like, oh, I'm staying here. There's something here that I like. Holy Spirit is in this place. Like, I love it. Um, So I stayed in this youth group. I was going every week. I was helping out. I was serving, showing up early, leaving late. I loved it, but I was still struggling. I was still hooking up with this girl. And because I was still struggling, my depression continued. My suicidal thoughts didn't cease. Um, And because I was in this community that was very Holy Spirit led, and they were hearing the voice of God for themselves and for other people, I also began to learn how to hear the voice of God. Mm. So I think like nine months into me being in this youth group, the Lord tells me, Nat, I want you to be honest and vulnerable with your community. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not telling them anything. Yeah. I, I remember telling God, don't you remember what happened the last time I tried to open up about this? Like, I left the youth group. Like, yeah. I actually like these guys. I want to stay. Like, yeah. I'm not telling one, telling anyone anything. Mm-hmm. So we were actually going to a youth retreat um, to Utah. So on the drive there, I'm having this, like, back and forth with God. He's like, tell them because you're struggling. And I'm like, I'm not going to tell them because they're going to reject me. I want to be here, even if it means that I continue to struggle. I'm not going to tell them. So me and God are going back and forth. I'm like, God, I'm not being vulnerable. I'm not being honest. I'm not being open. Like, just leave it. Um, So we get to the cabin and the youth pastor, he goes, guys, I've been praying about the theme of this um, weekend. And I felt like the Lord told me that the theme of the weekend should be vulnerability. (laughs) And I was like, 
There's no escape. There's no escape. You are setting me up. You're literally setting me up. Mm -hmm. So that night, everybody got into their small groups and everybody was being vulnerable. And I was like, nope, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So that night, I wasn't honest. I wasn't open. The following morning, um, we are in the bigger group. There's no small groups. Like everyone is together right. and everyone is sharing their testimonies from the night before. Mm-hmm. How like being vulnerable is so great because like it sets you free and how being yeah. honest with your community is just so powerful. And I'm like, oh, this is all a bunch of baloney. Like I don't want to hear this. But as I'm like being so rude in my head about all the people that are being open, like, right? Holy Spirit is like knocking on my heart, like, be honest, be vulnerable, be transparent, be honest, be vulnerable, like tell them what you're struggling with. And I don't know how to explain it, but I cannot shake like the feeling in my heart. Like, I guess the best way I could describe it, it's like my heart was like shaking because it was like on fire. Like I was just feeling at the time I didn't know what it was, but it was Holy Spirit's presence, like, like really taking over me, challenging me and telling me, be honest right i had the opportunity to do it the night before in a smaller group and i chose not to so god was like okay now you got to do it in front of everybody because there's no more small group option for this um Mm. (laughs) and i just remember taking like a big deep breath and saying okay so i remember raising my hand and i told them i was like guys I'm really scared to tell you this right now because the last time that I was open about this, it did not go well. Yeah. But I am struggling with homosexuality and the atmosphere in the room like shifted. Like Mm. you're in a cabin with a bunch of youth kids. Like you are not going to hear anything. There's never going to be silence. The moment that I said that you dropped the pin, you would hear it. Um, And one of the boys that was sitting all the way in the back, he comes up to me and he kneels before me. And he says, Nat, there's nothing you could ever do to get us to stop loving you. Mm. So in that moment, literally mm. every weight burden that I had felt from my struggle was just lifted off of me. Because the reality is that I never doubted that God loved me. I never doubted right. God's goodness. What I doubted was that people loved me, mm. that people were good. Yeah. My dad, my parents didn't love me the way that I thought. They weren't good in the way that I thought they should have been. The yeah. church didn't love me like I thought they should have. They weren't good to me the way that I thought they should have been. Yeah. Um, the only person that the only person that had been was that girl, but I couldn't keep her. So when this boy stood knelt before me and looked at me in the eyes, not even he hadn't even known me for a year. Yeah. For him to say like not there's nothing you could ever do to get us to stop loving you Mm. it totally shifted a paradigm in my head like these people are strangers and they can sit here and tell me that they love me like maybe i am lovable maybe i don't have to fear fear rejection i wish i could sit here and say that after that amazing moment encounter i didn't struggle with homosexuality again i Mm. never hooked up with that girl again that probably would have been a better story, mm-hmm. but it's not the reality. The reality is that I went right back to my sin. I went right back to my struggle, but this time I had people to walk it out with mm-hmm. because after that moment where I was honest, open and transparent about my struggle, 
people knew what I was struggling with and they still chose to love me. Like after that moment, those leaders, those students, the pastors pressed into my life even more and they didn't Mm, treat me any differently. They didn't treat me any differently. Like they never compromised truth. Okay. I want to make that so clear. Like they never compromised truth, but their intention was never like, let's make Nat straight. Like they were just (laughs) like, we, we recognize that Nat hasn't been loved. We're going to love her. Yeah. We're going to keep speaking what God mm. says about her into her life. We're going to keep praying for her. We're still going to like, we're. <sighs> I did not, not once. And this is rare for youth ministries and among young people. I did not once hear anyone talk about me or my struggle in a bad way. Never. So I'm like in this youth ministry, everybody knows what I'm struggling with and they're still loving me. I got to a point. I think um, three months after that whole cabin thing where I was like, wait a minute. Like if these people are representing God to me because they're the church, they represent God and they're loving me this way. That means that God is worth absolutely laying everything down for. Mm. So it was the kindness of that community. It was the kindness of God through that community that led me to repentance. Guys, I was struggling with homosexuality for a year, a year and a half. And I did not once stop praying. I did not once stop being in my word. I did not once stop going to church. I was doing all the things that are basic to Christianity, praying, reading the Bible and going to church. Right. But I was still struggling because I was not open with my community. Mm. I was still struggling because I was not vulnerable about my struggle. And you like, I don't think I would have ever actually walked out my repentance if I hadn't been honest and experienced the kindness of God through that community. I mean, Romans two, four, Romans two, four says, or, or do you presume (laughs) On the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Mm. So the whole point of Christianity is to look like Jesus, right? Like we accept the gospel and are sanctified every single day Mm -hmm. to look like Jesus, to obtain his character because... Right, because Jesus is what every what every single one of us should have been uh, without sin, right? Yeah. So the goal is to look like Jesus. Mm-hmm. But to look like Jesus, we have to repent. We have to look at our sin and we have to be like, you know what? I don't want to live this way anymore. I'm doing a 180 degree turn and walking the other way. Right. But right here in this verse, it says that what leads people to repentance? God's kindness. But I believe that God's kindness, yes, it can it can be felt through your own fellowship with the with Lord. God, yeah. But community is also a conduit for the guy the the goodness of God. The we're kindness ambas- of God. We're his ambassadors. Right, right. Yeah. I again I was having my own time with God. I was, but I wasn't feeling his kindness. I was not feeling his presence because I was in my sin. It was his community, his community representing his kindness so well that led me to repentance. And from that moment, I never looked back. Now I'm a youth director at the same youth group that I was radically saved at. And my goal is to love the sin out of people. I have a transgender girl in my, well, she's a biological girl that identifies as a boy. Mm -hmm. And I have two lesbian girls in my youth group. And 
my goal with them is not to make them straight because guess what? Being straight is not a prerequisite to going to heaven. There's a lot of straight people going to heaven, right? Mm -hmm. The goal is to get these kids to fall in love with Jesus so wholeheartedly that they just give everything up. Yeah. Like that's what it was for me. If I hadn't experienced the kindness of God through community, if they hadn't made themselves available and been so good to me, I yeah. would have never walked out my repentance. So my challenge to the church and my, I believe my life message is let's represent the kindness of God so well that people have no choice but to repent. Because when you experience the goodness of God, like when you truly, truly yeah. experience the goodness of God, you want to give everything up. You do. It's true. You do. And that's our job as the church. And for so long, the church has been oppressive, especially towards the LGBTQ community. And I will. The enemy has been planning this like uh, confusion in like identity and sexuality for a really long time. Very long. Like he it's has. Not new. Yeah. But 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 before he did that, he had to plant a seed of hate in the church because he knows how powerful the church is. So the enemy knew, knew oh, if I put a, a, a seed of hatred in the church, when mm. these people start struggling with their identity, when they start struggling with their sexuality, when they start struggling with There'll feeling be condemned by God, yeah. they, won't be able, they won't be able to come to church because they're going to hate them. Mm. And guys, I am not saying compromise truth. There are branches of Christianity, like progressive Christianity, that will go on and preach and say that homosexuality is okay. That's not the point of this podcast if you want to know what i think about homosexuality go watch my TikTok. She has a very but, thorough tiktok <laughs> but the the point is i'm not saying compromise truth what i'm saying is don't compromise love amen truth and love are two are the two faces of the same yeah coin. i get very passionate about this because obviously i've lived it yeah but i've also seen it like I've seen it work in so many other people's lives. Can like, I stick a verse in that, there? Yeah, totally. I looked at this verse, 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. It says, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected mm -hmm. in us. And that verse, I feel like, speaks to this situation in such a strong way. Because you yeah. saw God's love. You saw God abiding in other people because they were loving on you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like when when the Bible says we're ambassadors of Christ, that means more than just like, oh, you know, we we walk worthy of the calling. But that also means like, what did Christ do? Like, did he did right. he say that, oh, this sin is okay, this sin is okay? Nah. But what he was saying was that, you know, hey, I'm gonna love you. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you this love. I'm gonna show yeah. you that God loves you because we forget. Yeah. What we forget is while we were still sinners, Christ died. Mm, yeah. So it's nobody that's sinning too much for us to love. If we're going to be like Christ, right? He loved us while we were sinners. And that means we can love people while they're doing anything that they're doing. At least we yeah. should be able to. And that's the goal that we should have. Not just condemning yeah. communities, not putting them down. And it's not saying that what they're doing is okay. But it's just like our love shouldn't be conditional. Our God's love what? is not conditional. All sin is not okay. Mm-hmm. All sin is not okay. So if we're going to reject people based on their sin, there would That's, be no church. There would be, exactly. there would be no church Come at on. all. Yeah. At all. So if there's anybody watching right now and you've been rejected, you love Jesus with all of your heart or you mm. just want to come to Jesus. And 
you are scared of being rejected or you have been rejected, I want you to know that you can come home. There's nothing you could ever do to get God mm. and his true disciples to stop loving you. You are mm. worthy of being in the body of Christ, not because of anything you did, yeah. but because of what Jesus did Come for on. you. It's already done. So do not allow the rejection that you have experienced or the rejection that you are afraid of experiencing to keep you from being a part of the body of Christ because you belong here. Amen. Amen. And yeah. um, I wanted to bring another point and just the fact like I want every child of God, everybody that's in church to understand that like just like there are sinners that don't profess that they are Christians, there are people who sin that do profess that they are Christians. And I think that one thing we all have to understand, not that we should be OK with it, but understand is that everybody is imperfect to a degree everybody falls short to a degree you know what i'm saying and it's like as we're living in this community it's it's it should be our position to lift each other up and understand that you know even so this person offended me okay i'm still gonna love them this person offended me okay i'm gonna forgive them and back and forth like that's really what it is because like if we're supposed to be in this community there's this verse in Romans chapter 3, verse 24, where it literally just says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Like, it's not one of us that are more righteous than the other because, you know, our right. works is not what brings forth our righteousness. It's the fact right. that we've accepted Christ into our lives. Yeah. And man, there's this like whole like thing right now in Christianity where it's like, oh, like I'm a Christian. Like me and Jesus are tight. We're cool. I just don't go to church. Like, mm. I just don't like church. I don't like Christians. They're judgmental. Like, I just. I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. And guys, I had every single reason to not be a part of the church. I did. Mm. Like, not just from my own experience, just from the experience of anybody that's ever been homosexual or bisexual or transgender or whatever. And I would say, I imagine every... imagine for the people who didn't know God before, and that was their right. first interaction with what Christianity is supposed to. It's a lot of people that that's that right. what you experienced was their first interaction with Christianity. Was their right, first interaction right. with what God is supposed to be? Yeah. So I, there's, there are many reasons why we shouldn't be a part of the church. Mm. But the reality is that being, if you're a Christian, if you say yes to Jesus, you're also saying yes to his people. And it's actually mm. a commandment to be a part of a community. Do it is a commandment to be part of the church. Yourself. Hebrews 10.25 says, do not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some. But encouraging mm. one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. A habit yeah. is something that you do consciously and mm. something that you do consistently. Yeah. So if you are consciously and consistently choosing to neglect assembling together, choosing to neglect being a part of a church because of hurt, I want to challenge you. Yeah. Repent. Yeah. Repent because there is no way that you are going to grow in your relationship with God alone. apart from community. Yeah. You're going to reach a point in your relationship with God where you're going to be stagnant. <laughs> and because you can't grow, you're just going to fall off. And I, that's not me saying like trying to make you feel better or whatever. It's the reality of it. Like yeah. God doesn't even think you can do it by yourself because if he did think that he wouldn't have created the church. Come on. Being a Come part, on. being a part of the church is essential to our faith. Yeah. If repentance, if repentance, if repentance is essential to Christianity mm -hmm. and kindness is essential to repentance, mm -hmm. but we experience the kindness of God through community, then we can't have any of it. There's a reason community. There's a reason why Jesus said above all these things, love 
one another exactly like that exactly. there's there's importance in that there's there's value in that because of exactly what we're talking about right now right and i think the reason why people like excuse not meeting together is because um we choose to be offended mm. like we Talk just do that. i mean i'm not sitting here and saying that the way that the church hurt me was not valid like if you've been hurt by the church I hear you. Mm. It sucks. It totally sucks. It's real. It's valid. I'm not saying it's not. Yeah. What I'm saying is that choosing to be offended and choosing to not forgive is not a good re- it's not a good excuse. You can't mm. as a Christian, you cannot be offended and you cannot choose to not forgive. Mm. All right, now why? Like if if I've been hurt, if I've been sinned against, why can't I be offended? Like I have every reason to, why should yeah. I forgive them? They don't deserve it. Well, God is offended by you every single day when you sin against him. Come on. And you do not deserve God's forgiveness, but he gives it freely. God chose to not be offended, but instead send his son to die for you and I Yeah. and his forgiveness and show his mercy through that sacrifice so that we, could be in relationship with him so when we look at the sins of other people and we choose to be offended by them and we choose to not forgive them we are saying that their sin against us is greater than our sin against god come on and let me tell you unforgiveness is a sin unforgiveness is a sin and it Mm. is and it is an unforgivable one in matthew 6 15 it says but if you do not forgive others of their trespasses neither will the father forgive of your trespasses. So literally, if we choose to not forgive other people, God won't forgive us because you're putting yourself in this pedestal. Like I get to get God's forgiveness. I get to get like God's mercy, but I'm not going to extend it. No, that's not how Christianity works. That's not how it works. Our salvation, sin, sin does not only affect our relationship with God, it affects our relationship with one another, okay? Yeah. And Adam and Eve, when they sin, we see how it affected their relationship with God. They could no longer be in an un- uninterrupted fellowship with God. That's why they were kicked out of the garden. Mm. How do we see that sin also affects our relationship with other people? Cain and Abel, yeah, okay? So it's clear throughout Scripture that there's clear throughout scripture that sin affects our relationship with God and it also affects our relationship with others. Yeah. So therefore our our salvation does not just reconcile our relationship with God. Salvation reconciles our relationship with one another. So if we are going to be taking from God's forgiveness, God's mercy, but not extending it, then I would say you don't fully understand the price that Jesus paid. Mm. You don't fully understand the extent of your salvation because when you know that, you know that, you know that you are a sinner, you did absolutely nothing to deserve the forgiveness of God. Mm-hmm. You forgive others. Yes. There's it, it's just an overflow. I There's have overflow. I have to stick this one past because I was literally reading about like forgiveness this like earlier this week. And um, it's in Matthew chapter 18. I'll just advise everybody to read it for themselves. But it's a parable talking about how this servant was owing like some master or whatever. Oh, um, I love some, this some money or whatever. He was in debt to the master. And like he's begging to the master, like, please, like, please, like, for, like forgive me of my debt. Like, I can't mm-hmm. afford it. Yada, yada, yada. And the master said, like, you know what? Um, all right, like, whatever. Like, here's an I don't know if he gave him an extension or he just erased his debt. He 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 erased it. Completely. He erased his debt. 
So then the servant goes to another servant that was owing him money. And then, like, you know, is grabbing the servant and, like, locks him up and just says, like, you need to give me my money, yada, yada, yada. And then everybody's like, yo, like, didn't the master just forgive you? And when the master heard about how the servant that he forgave didn't forgive the other servant that owed that servant money, the master's like, yo, you're wicked. Like, you're you're a terrible yeah. person. And, like, you know, now the same judgment that you're putting on that servant, I ought to put on you. And it's like, that's the same thing. That's the same relationship that we have. Like when we're talking about our community, we're talking about God, like we're over, like when we don't forgive others, it's as if we, we're we complete hypocrites because we want God to forgive us of our sins. We're going to kneel before him. We're going to pray and ask God for forgiveness. Right. And, and his mm-hmm. forgiveness is going to make us whole again. And like, we can be, we can get up and stuff like that and be ourselves again. But then the next person that offends you, you hate them for months and, and you just right. reject them and, and you don't want anything to do with them. It's just completely hypocritical. Yeah, it is. I love that passage. That's the one I yeah. live by 100%. Yeah. And the reality is like, Guys, I know that it hurts. Mm. Like, I'm not, when I say, like, forgive, I'm not saying completely disregard the way that you've been hurt. It's actually impossible to do that. Mm. Um, But in 1 Corinthians 13, it says that love holds no record of wrong. Come on. So we cannot hold records of wrong against other people because essentially unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It only affects you. So I just want to challenge you. If you've been hurt by the church, please set them free so that Mm. you may be set free. Come on. Let go of that offense. Let go of that unforgiveness and come be a part of the body of Christ. Because without community, you're not going to grow. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So Natalia. clearly you can you can tell that I'm very passionate about community. Oh no, no, no. See, <laughs> see, I feel like I could have just sat back and just like giving you the entire mic for the episode. It pretty much just <laughs> happened. Like you are truly I'm I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your testimony. And I truly believe that like there's people that truly needed to hear this. And I pray that everybody who needs to hear this is going to hear this. Um, before we wrap up, I definitely want to give you the chance to talk about just your ministry. You know, like you talked about how uh, we were having to talk off of this. And like one thing that really touched me that you said is that it's not enough that somebody watches one of your videos and like it just makes them right. feel good for a matter of time. And I and I feel you on that. Like, I don't want Christian influencers to get a rise off of, oh, well, a lot of people saw this. A lot of people saw this. But it goes deeper than that. It goes to the point where our people's lives being changed. So I know that you have plans set and like you want to start a program. So why don't you talk about that so the people can know? Totally. Yeah. So how Emmanuel got a hold of me is because he found me on TikTok. And as he said Mm -hmm. in the beginning, um, I do post um, Christian TikToks um, and I'm also on Instagram. Um, But I like grew on TikTok like out of nowhere. I started in April and right now I have about 145,000 followers, cool. which is like absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm so grateful. Um but when you gain that much following so quickly, it can it can get to your head. Mm-hmm. And it was starting to get to my head because a lot of people were um I, my page was just gaining traction and I never even wanted to get like talk famous it just happened so i was like oh period like let's go but (laughs) i had to get to a point where i was like wait a minute why am i doing this because i didn't try to but it was given to me so what god why do you want me to do with this 
Um, because just because you have followers and you're posting Christian content, that doesn't mean that you have God's favor. It could just be that you have the approval of the church and man, yeah. which is two completely different things. Right. So I was like, okay, like, God, what do you want me to do? And he told me, I want you to disciple them. I want them to have a community. And I'm like, God, how am I supposed to disciple a hundred thousand people? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like right. whatever. And the Lord told me, he's like, those one minute videos that you're posting are great, but they're not enough. Those one minute videos are a first step. So mm. for me, if somebody watches my one minute video, I don't want them to just have an amazing encounter right then and there. Mm. And then for the encounter to just go away as soon as they swipe up. Right. So yeah. the Lord told me, he's like, I want you to disciple them. And so I'm starting an online extension of my youth group. Like he said, I'm a youth director here in Las Vegas. So I have an in-person ministry for middle schoolers and high schoolers. We meet weekly, but in uh, 2021, January or February, I'm launching an online extension for young people, middle schoolers and high schoolers all over the nation. Um, I'm only going to do it in the United States to have a community. So if you are a middle schooler or a high schooler that literally has no community, you got saved maybe during quarantine because of TikTok and you have no idea where to go, come be a part of this. Um, you can follow my Instagram at Nat Cassiano. My TikTok is the same. Um, and I'm going to be promoting it very soon. But the whole goal of having this online extension of the youth group is for us to actually connect you to a local youth group wherever you're at. So the goal is not for my ministry to grow. The goal is for you to be in community. So let's say that a girl reaches out and she's like, hey, I want to be part of the online extension and she lives in Idaho. Our goal is to find her a youth group, a local community in Idaho. Yeah. Um, because again, you need that. social media is great. Online is great. It's like Social media is the next evangelism movement. Like, it's great. I'm a part of it. I know. Mm -hmm. But I also know that being in a community in person is so important. So the goal is let's let's find these kids homes. Yeah. Let's find these kids communities that are going to represent the kindness of God so well that they'll be led to repentance. Amen. Amen. So yeah. you guys heard it. You guys heard it. And I pray that, you know, if you feel convicted, then definitely check out Natalia. So I just want to say thank you so much once again, Natalia. You really... God really used you in this time, like, and really brought the house down. So, um, you guys, um, I appreciate you guys listening to this episode. I'm like low key speechless right now, but I'm <laughs> going to for pray for me. you. Of course, um, I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to pray for our listeners, and then we can wrap yes. up. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for the time that you've given us to just have this episode and have this time to talk, oh God. And I pray over Natalia's life, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, you please help her, Father God, as she goes about doing your work, Father God. Everywhere she steps foot, foot, Father God, let her have favor, Lord Jesus, and let her truly be used by you to impact so many people's life, not just for the moment, but for their entire lifetime, oh God. And I pray that you strengthen her, um, revitalize, be the source of her strength, oh God. And I pray that you please help her to run and not grow weary, Lord Jesus, and just know and always be reminded, Father God, that what she's doing is amazing, Father God, and help her to stay motivated, Lord, and just keep you at the forefront 
at the center in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray over everyone that is listening, Father God, everyone that's watching, Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, that they be touched, Father God, that these words that were spoken um, on this podcast, Father God, don't just affect them for the moment, but for their lifetime, oh God, and that it truly changes them and inspires them, Father God, to find the community, Lord Jesus, of believers like you, Father God, who are ready to love and show the love of God, Father God, and help us understand that that love is so important and cannot be conditional and cannot be compromised, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much once again, Natalia, and thank you, thank everybody, you. for tuning in. Love you guys. Peace. Peace.